was borrowing Assassin's Creed 1 from oh, a friend. that game is fantastic. And I remember playing it and loving it, doing those well, leap of faith into the hay bales. Yeah. And just these big moments. Luke <laughs> told my mom that it was the devil's game. <laughs> You're kidding me. No. He told my mom, don't let Tyler play this game. It's the devil's game. I can just see him saying that. Too. So immediately I took that video game and took it back to school. Everybody. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Culture Shock Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Grant, and sitting across the table from me is Cody Hager. What's up? How's it going? Week number 10. Week 10. Is it week 10 or is it episode it's, 10? It's episode 11. Oh, wow. This is our 10th week of doing Culture Shock. Like, it's kind of cool. We've shocked a lot of culture. We've shocked a lot of culture. <laughs> I was actually listening back to episode number one the other night, just kind of, you know, reminiscing on our... Uh, Long, <laughs> so long ago. Um, but just hearing how like we've changed just over ten weeks, how like podcasting's become kind of normal, and I don't know, it's, it's just kind of fun to have this little evolution over ten weeks. Um, hopefully, we will get up to episode number hundred. You think? I, I don't know. That would take a long time. We got a lot to cover this summer, and and then December. episode one hundred would be like two, two years. years. Two yeah. years. Yeah. I think I think we can do it. Ah. I'm not sure. All right, we got it. Um, but I put on our show notes. I want to ask you a really important question. Yeah, I'm really nervous today. about this. It's this is, what deep, is it? This is a deep dive. When was the last time you ate a CC's pizza? <laughs> Hold on, I gotta think about this. I want to say it was senior year with Sarah. This is when we were dating. So 2015. I guess, yeah. 20, 2015. Do you know why I ask you this question? Because you went last night. <laughs> we went for lunch today. Oh, gosh. We, um, we got out of the car, and I asked Elizabeth, I said, do you feel less than for walking into CC's right now <laughs> for our dinner with our 13-month-old kid? That $5 buffet, though. Yeah, but it's $6 now. What? Plus a drink. But kids under four eat free. Hey. So that was pretty big. So you've eaten there for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Like, this is a game changer. Yeah. Another question about CC's Pizza. Yeah. What is your record for the amount of pieces you've eaten in one sitting at CC's? Well, they're small pieces. we got to point that out first yes. before I throw out some egregious number. Um, I don't know. I never kept a personal record, but if I had to peg it, I would say nine. Probably nine. I feel fat now. <laughs> Why? What are we you were in say? high school. We would. I don't know. CC's was like our was the joint, man. We would just go to CC's and just pick out. Okay. What, what do you think? What do you get? What do you think? Mine is. I'm gonna say it's closer to 15. Is it more? <laughs> what is it? 20. 20 on the dot. 20 pieces on the dot. So I haven't even eaten half that. Yeah. It was, dude. It man. was a feat of You're epic fat. proportions. Jeez. I, and that was like whenever I was actually a little bit skinnier too. It was, <laughs> it was impressive that I pulled that off. Um, Young metabolism. So yeah, that was our that's our deep dive of the. And day. we're done. Thank you guys. <laughs> we'll <see> you <laughs> <next> <laughs> week too. Um, but yeah, we actually that was a little bit of a, a fun segue into our actual topic today. Has nothing to do with it. More of a um, shallow dive because we have a, a deep dive. We kind of want to go into. Yeah. We've been looking at. I'm diving in. I'm, I'm going, going deep. deep. <laughs> <laughs> There's our segue. Yes. 
Dude, what, Sonic Flood? Was that the name of that Sonic band? Sonic Flood? Is that really what it's called? I really hope it's Sonic Flood. I'm going I'm going deep in on my head. I wanna be. Oh, what's the name of that song? Sonic Flood is American contemporary worship band out of Nashville, Tennessee. Hold on. That are touted as the fathers of the modern worship movement? Wow. This is from the Wikipedia article. Move over, Hillsong. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Cry holy. Here I am to worship. They came out with Here I Am to Worship. There's no way. I could sing of your love forever. Dude, Sonic Flood. Oh, the, wait, no, no, no. They, these the are bops. often as covers. So. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is like Newsboys Now before Newsboys. Who, what, who did sing I'm Diving and I'm Going Deep? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're th- this is a very important question. Dude. Stephen Curtis, Curtis Chapman. Chapman. <laughs> I just found Died is the name of How it. How did we not remember that? That's a sin. Lord, please forgive us for not remembering the, the singer <laughs> The spiritual dive. influence of Stephen Curtis Chapman and Zive. Man, great segue there. Great yeah, great segue. segue. Um, mm. But today we are we're going to dive into something a little bit deeper because we've been talking about culture a lot throughout the past nine, ten weeks. Kind of talking about movies and film. Things that are really important in our lives, like things that have helped us through rough times, things that help us when we're bored, things that we just naturally love. Um, But the most important thing in our life, um, if you don't know us, um, if you do know us, you know us for sure, but we're both Christians. We both work at a church. So we're going to be talking today about faith versus culture. I don't know if it's a faith versus or a faith and, Mm -hmm. a coexisting of faith and culture. Um, That's a good way to put it. Anything you want to say just to, just to top it off with what I said? Yeah, this is a, this can be a hotly debated topic. Um, people have just a lot of opinions about kind of where to draw the line as far as culture and faith. Like, uh, I don't know. So it, this is one of those things you can ask 100 people and get 100 answers. Yeah, of, this is one yeah. we, we've been planning out for about two weeks. Because we were going to do it last week. Mm-hmm. And then we wanted to do the ha- our Happy Endings Dead episode, kind of uh, coming off of Game of Thrones. But I've been thinking on this one a lot. I don't know if you have, because it's a little bit more of, it's, it's heavier. It's a heavier topic for sure. And yeah. I, I want to make sure that we're saying the right things, um, because it is a heavier topic. Um, so the two questions that we're really going to be looking at today that we're going to be diving into is, one, how do we love Jesus and culture at the same time? Because a lot of people separate those completely and say you can't love one or the other. Um, but I think you can. Yeah. Um, Initial thoughts, you can, for sure. I think you can. Um, it's interesting when you look at you know, the the um, the love of money is the root of all evil, which is a kind of a different type of thing. But I think you can love parts of culture and love Jesus. Um, and then second, um, why is culture important to our faith? Is it important to our faith? Um, so, what do we get into? We got some questions to dive into <laughs> yeah. today. Uh, but before we get going, we're going to talk a little bit about us being raised in Christian homes. <laughs> yeah. You okay? Being raised in South Carolina. Yeah. As a South Christian. Carolina. What was it like for y'all as Christians in the culture? How was your media consumption? Like, what, what did that kind of look like? <laughs> uh, I think I could sum it up um, with three words, curse-free TV. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. <laughs> no, uh, so my dad was a youth pastor at a very traditional church um, growing up, and uh, I am grateful for that. Looking back now, I learned a lot then. I didn't know any better as a kid, but we were raised— um, more traditional kind of Christian. Uh, Would you say you were sheltered? Uh, 
I wouldn't say we were sheltered, but it was just that we had to kind of act a certain way, dress a certain way. Yeah. Um, which, you know, people can't get up in arms about, but growing up and up into almost middle school, like, yeah, I don't think I ever wore shorts to school. Um, I know my sister never wore anything other than a skirt or... Oh, wow. Yeah, things So y'all like were that. a little bit more into that... Yeah, yeah. ...conservative, traditional type. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up that way. Okay. And, and in thinking about our whole talk today, and I would probably say the same is true for you, although you had a different background than I did, was that we encountered culture coming from a Christian perspective. It wasn't okay. that we became Christians after we had a full kind of view of what culture outside of Christianity was, if that makes sense. It'd be the difference okay. between, you know, somebody being a Christian at a young age and then experiencing the world, okay. as opposed to experiencing Jesus later on in life yeah. and having been through everything, quote-unquote, culture has to offer. So we kind of have, I think is what you're getting at, we have a different perspective from yeah. somebody who's been a convert later in life. So you've always seen culture through the lens of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's how I was raised. Same. Yeah. It would be interesting to like, because we, we literally can't do it because of the way we found Jesus when we were younger, but to experience culture with eyes that aren't through the lens of Jesus and mm-hmm. then encounter Jesus and then see culture. It'd be interesting to see that. And like, yeah. we'll never be able to encounter that, but that is a... Yeah, I've, I've thought a lot about this and the people that I see who kind of revert back to more of that traditional side of things where mm-hmm. they want to kind of shut out a lot of culture yeah. are the people who have been converted later later yeah. in life. Yeah. So maybe there's a correlation there. That is interesting. And then sometimes people that are extremely sheltered take, the, take the opposite route. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is super interesting. And it is. I'll, I'll get into mine in just a second, my kind of upbringing. Uh, what was your media like? Like, could y'all watch, you said curse-free TV. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a joke. Mom uh, uh, bought one. What, and what was that? So it was like a box. This is back in the cable times, right? <laughs> so we didn't even have cable. <laughs> but 312. It was where the, where the, the cable box, I think we had satellite. Yeah, we had satellite for a while, actually. But we, you would plug in the cable coming from the satellite or whatever into this little box, and then out of that box it would go to the TV. Okay. And what it would do is screen the um, closed captioning. And when it would come across a curse word, first off, it would blink it out in the closed captioning. Okay. And then it would just make the TV go silent. completely eliminate audio. It wasn't perfect, so sometimes it would be like, you, blankety blank, and then the TV would shut out. Dude, what, what shows were y'all watching as kids? Seinfeld? Well, that's what I'm saying. We, this gets into the, the kind of, I don't know how to say it, but... Uh, the oxymoron of it. We would be watching, you know, like... <laughs> some ridiculous show. Some ridiculous show, exactly. The content is even worse than the actual language. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's ironic in it, that. It's very, very That's ironic. That's what you're looking for is irony. Thank you. Not oxymoron. Yes. Well, it still is an oxymoron. But anyway, uh, but we we watch TV uh, like normal people. I watched Rugrats growing up. You know, sue no. me. Um, a lot of people who are Christians didn't. I know. I didn't. <laughs> um, and then we... I, my mom... I always say she does. I don't know if she does now, but she was she loved movies and loved watching like older movies and things like that. So we would watch the classics and watch. You know, I remember watching Jaws. I remember watching um, Gone with the Wind with her yeah. and uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, things like that. Um, so we kind of got the main points of culture. Yeah. Um, 
and dad liked Eminem. <laughs> so. Marshall Mathers forever, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, so I was, I'm in the same kind of boat, raised yeah. in a Christian home. My mom was uh, one of the prayer warriors at church. She, she was still like, is. She so. still is, Ooh. man. She's awesome. Donna. Um, but neither of them were on staff at a church, but we were at church whenever the doors were open. We were always um, a part of it. And I, I came to know Jesus when I was at a very young age. So I've always, as Cody said as well, seen culture through the lens of Jesus. I've never experienced culture aside from that. Um, and I wasn't completely sheltered either, um, which I'm very thankful for. I was sheltered enough from the outside world, but I still had some freedoms, um, maybe a little bit too much. Um, we, I, my parents would let me watch a lot of different shows. I didn't watch Seinfeld a lot just because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to watch Seinfeld. I know, I know we were unique in that, but that show is fantastic. Um, but I think it's, I don't know if my parents screened what I was watching as much. Like I would watch SpongeBob all the time, which I know a lot of people are a little, you know, can be a little quippy about SpongeBob and uh, same with the Rugrats. But whenever, where my mom got really strict was video games. Really? Yeah. Um, I only got to play Halo when I went to a friend's houses because it was rated in. Oh, that's sad. Um, and then I will never forget this moment. Um, one of my best friends, Luke, he was over. He hated video games. He always wanted to be outside. So whenever I'd be playing video games, he would do whatever he could to get me away from it. Sometimes he would get a symbol. He would put a symbol on a drumstick and come up and hit it beside my head. <laughs> but the biggest thing he did is I was borrowing Assassin's Creed 1 from oh, a friend. Oh, that game is fantastic. And I remember playing it and loving it, doing those well, leap of faith into the hay bales. Yeah. Just these big moments. Luke told my mom. Oh, no. Did, you, did, did I tell you the story? No, you didn't. Luke told my mom that it was the devil's game. <laughs> You're kidding. No. Yeah. He told my mom, don't let Tyler play this game. It's the devil's game. I can just see him saying that too. So immediately I took that video game and took it back to school. That's so awesome. I can just see the whole scene playing out like Luke walking out of here and like, Donna, you know what that was doing. And you know what it was? I was downstairs playing it, and he probably went upstairs to get a nutty buddy or something and told her. <laughs> that's the devil's game. Yes, and I never got to play Assassin's Creed again. I think that's that why, is so funny. That's why I still don't like Assassin's Creed games. Dude, so they're funny. so good. Isn't that so funny, though? That, that is hilarious. And that's kind of where a little bit of my shelter came in. I mean, yeah. we couldn't watch, like, R-rated movies and stuff. Yeah. I watched... I remember watching Lord of the Rings with my parents at a pretty young age. Um, like I said last week or two weeks ago, I saw Return of the King three times in theaters, and they were mm-hmm. okay with that. Um, so I wasn't completely sheltered, but we were um, we we're most importantly taught about the values of being a good Christian in a yeah. good way. Yeah. And I think both of us had a great upbringing in that. Uh, great's a strong word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Not no. too sheltered. Like, spoiler alert for my binging uh, from Educated, that book, man, they're like, completely segregated from the world. Yeah. It's so weird and such a completely different thing. I would, yeah. Last word on mine, because we could talk about our upbringing and the funny, you know, little things that happened yeah. to us, but uh, mine started off probably more that way and then it oh, kind of really? gradually got better okay. over time. It evolved a little yeah. bit. And our big time. thing was music, so people talk about 2000s music okay. and I'm like, that sounds great. Okay. <laughs> One more fun little story. And then we'll be finished. <laughs> <laughs> music was a little bit of ours too. Um, I heard, uh, Two things on music. One <laughs> is I had, one. A, I had a CD one. with all the small things on it from Blink-182. And with the second verse, work sucks. I know. I was so scared my mom would hear the word sucks on a boombox. Oh, so whenever no. I'd be listening to it shooting basketball, 
I'd be listening to that song, and whenever work sucks came on, I'd run over there, turn it down, turn it back up. I think we all had that song. Yes. <laughs> and then the other one, I heard the song Hey Y'all. Fell in love with Outcast. So you know what I went and bought at a, at a store that next day? What? The whole album with Hey Y'all on it. And Outcast That's not went, a good album, is it? It's not. It's not clean. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I get in the car. It has an explicit warning on it, but my mom doesn't really notice it. We get in the car that day, and we're booming as an outcast. So my mom driving the Ford Freestyle. Oh, no. Like, Tyler, what are you listening to right now? Uh, needless to say, I got rid of that CD. Pretty. Yeah, I was worried about my Switchfoot CD for a long oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how strict we were for a while. <laughs> Got one more. Thank God that one stayed. No, no. <laughs> I thought we were finished. Are you done? No. We were in the car and I turned on 95.5 to beat because I was in the rap. And Petey Pablo's Freak Leak came on the radio. And my dad looked at me like, what is this garbage? Do you remember that song? No, I don't Freak because Leak. I probably missed it. I'm telling you. I had to go back and listen to so much. Oh, man. That was I had to weird. discover who Britney Spears was. Oh man, bless it. Just kidding, never did that. Uh, we could talk about Yeah, we could talk, we could on talk this about for a long, for a long, long time. time. We won't. Um, but what do we want to jump into next about faith and culture? Um, I mean, that first question I think is is a big one. How do we love Jesus and and culture? And I think we could jump into that if, if okay. you're cool with that. Yeah. Um, and. Well, you know this because what you do here at the church is that you're one of the student pastors. Yeah, and I work with uh, sixth through twelfth grade. Yeah, and I came from a similar role at the church, so this was always like a hot button issue when we would talk to kids. It was like, oh, well, I love you know whatever yeah. kind of music, but I also love Jesus, um, and we would always kind of get in this discussion of. Uh, what does love mean and the different meanings of love? Like, yeah. I love Star Wars, but yeah. I'm not going to die for Star Wars. Absolutely, yeah. Like, as opposed to how I love Jesus. Yes. So I think that's one thing that we can start off with the definition of, like, yeah, I love culture. I yeah, love for Star sure. Wars. I love Halo, the video game. Like, I love Seinfeld, but yeah. I'm never going to I, sacrifice a big piece of my life for those things. I agree. I think that's a great way. To, I didn't even think about it this way because... It's a very different type of love. Yeah. Because God is described as love in 1 John, right? So that's the type of love we're talking about with Jesus, like mm-hmm. this love that would lay down a life. And that's the way that I love Jesus. That's the way I love my wife. Still different in a way, but still a different type of love than the way I love culture. Yeah. Um, but I do love culture with kind of like a lowercase l, I guess. Um, yeah. And also as a part of my role as a student pastor, too, um, I think it's really important that I'm really in tune with culture. You because, think? I, because teenagers are so into culture. Like, mm-hmm. they're basically the ones who influence how culture is made in a way. Like, that's what a lot of media is kind of marketed to, I think. Younger teenagers, you know, our age. So I think it's important that I'm a little bit more in tune with the culture. It helps you relate to students a little bit more. I don't think you have to be, mm-hmm. um, but I think it does help. And I... <sighs> What, what is the C word? I had to learn it for the GRE. Convert, convert, conversion? What is that word? You know what I'm talking about? Somebody no. who's super old-fashioned? Oh, yes. Well, I don't know how to say it. I think it. it's conversion. I, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, I don't want to be that person, but there were different times when I was, you know, working with students where I would see something in culture and music, something that was really popular that the kids would, you know, be all excited about. And legitimately, I'd be like, 
I need to talk to them about this because yeah. they do not know what they're talking about. Yes. And they don't know what they're getting into. Because and we, it would bring up good things, but I had to pay attention to them. Yes. And to do my own research into the culture side of it, too. And I think that's where the conversation of monitoring what you are consuming comes in. Um, what's the uh, little Pump? What was his song? Gucci Gang? <laughs> Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. He had many songs. Have you heard it, though? Yeah, I heard it. It's like the most... It's fantastic. It's, it's a bomb, man. <laughs> Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. But, like, I remember I was, at, I was at a middle school lock-in two, three years ago, and all these middle schoolers were just yelling, Lil Pump, Lil Pump. I'm like, this is before you was big. Like, who is this Lil Pump, dude? So I go and I look up the lyrics to who Gucci Gang that pump, night. <laughs> and I'm like... I say, if I hear you say Lil Pump one more time, like, you're <laughs> out of here. Because it's just like... It's trash. It's, it's straight, straight trash. trash. And it's like it's yeah. so demeaning to like humanity, honestly. Like not even just women. Not like just women, just humanity itself. And I think that's where you have to monitor and discern what you're taking in. Yeah. And that's one of my main points I wanted to talk about is that we need to allow faith to shape the way we see culture, not culture to see the, to shape the way we see faith. Because mm-hmm. it, it comes back to that original conversation because sometimes we see Jesus – as this white American dude because of culture, right? And we see, we see the story of the gospel through the lens of culture, mm-hmm. when in reality we need to see culture through the lens of Jesus. And whenever we're able to do that, we're able to discern, I think, what we take in a little bit more effectively. Yeah, and I like that, just discernment. Um, that's, you know, the Christian way of saying, like, deciding what's right and what isn't. Yeah. And it's between normally... I would always tell students this too, like making the right decision isn't just between what's good and bad. It's between two things that look good yeah, and yeah. picking the one that is right. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of what discernment is. Yeah. Um, especially to a younger generation or to whatever, you know, like going to church. Sure. That sounds fun. But also going to this, well, Wayne concert sounds legit yeah. too. Like, <laughs> I don't know which one I want to yeah. Oh gosh. Lit. I think it's just so interesting to how much students are having to discern now because the way culture has shifted within the past 15 years mm-hmm. um, through social media, things that they're having to see and discern are completely different than what we had to see. Yeah. In so many yeah. different ways. And, and it, it comes at all angles, too. It's always there. And like, we, <laughs> I remember you would shut off the TV, and that was it. Like, all right, I guess we're going to bed. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to read a book, but who's going to do that? Yeah, <laughs> like, so I'll go to sleep. It isn't like, all right, I'm going to shut off the TV, and then I'm going to go sit on YouTube for six hours until it's 2 o'clock. Yeah. And then wake up at 7, turn on YouTube still, yeah. and watch till I get to school where yeah. I'm going to be on... Instagram or Twitter all day long or Snapchat all yeah. day long. Like, it's always there in a way that I never, we never had to experience. No. You're, students, and even me, we're oversaturated with the yeah. amount. And I think this is going to be. And that's us now, too. Right? Yeah, we're going to have yeah. a conversation on this in a few weeks um, about how Netflix has changed the way that we consume media. And I think we are so oversaturated with media. Oh, even oversaturated with the culture that the culture is speaking louder to us than the church is, than Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I know that's a fact. That's not, you know, an assumption. That's a fact of life right now. Yeah. Um, culture is very loud to us yeah. um, and being able to discern what's good and what's bad. So but the, we come out of the question of how do we love Jesus and culture? Okay. And it, it's just a tough, it's a tough answer. It's like, I would never want to tell somebody to like, <laughs> what is it? Um, like, ride the fence, pretty much. Yeah. But, in a sense, like, if you want to go watch a movie, 
go watch a movie kind of thing. Yeah. But then when you come across something in that movie or something in that music where it is like straight up against what you believe. Yeah. I think you have a responsibility to stop, shut it off, like yeah. change it. And I know I've been guilty of not doing that at yeah, times for sure. too. Um, yeah, we can get into the whole Game of Thrones discussion <laughs> of how that is like. I didn't want to ask you. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can because it is, that's a tough question. And Sarah and I have talked about it quite a bit, like watching it. And, you know, you kind of have to make the vow, like, all right, as soon as this gets, you know, into overly sexual, stupid stuff that is so unnecessary to the story, like, I we are straight up just skipping. Because it. you're watching it for the story. You are. Because, you are. Like, I know like, that. There is a fantastic story, and HBO has done it with a lot of shows, and everybody criticizes them about it. People who aren't even Christians, it's like, why are you yes. like showing this in a brothel when it didn't even happen in a brothel in the books? Yeah, like, it doesn't what have is the to point? be there. Like, yeah. I think that's just where culture is speaking into that. And I think it's... I keep on kind of approaching... Culture in a negative light in these past five minutes. Yeah, we're but both I think, here. and I think it's the which culture you're going after. Because there, like, culture is a very broad term. Pop culture is a very broad term. I don't know. It, it's it's so it, it it can get really tricky within this. Yeah, whenever you start getting to the nitty gritty, it, um, it, it can. Um, but it's like you have to view it in a. In a hierarchy kind of way, like Jesus first, always. Absolutely. And if you can keep that in mind, I would always tell our students, um, too, like, at the end of the day, where's your heart at? Yes. And, and that was what we would always come back to with almost any discussion. It's like, at the end of the day, where's your heart at? Yeah. What is your main focus? Yeah. Like, if, if, if Jesus is your main focus through that, then awesome. If, yes. if it's drawing you away from him, if it's keeping you away from, from God, then that you need to cut that off in Absolutely. your life. Idolatry. If anything is yeah. becoming an idol in your life, like something that you are loving more than God in this moment, it's an idol. And yeah. Culture can do that. I think culture is one of the biggest things that does that in our life. But the difficult thing is constantly evaluating yourself, constantly yes. asking God to search your heart too and say, Lord, am I doing the right thing? Am I? Should I be watching this? Should yeah. I be... And that's a tough thing, and like I said, I, I mean, I've been probably guilty of it in my life many times. Yeah. Of like, not evaluating myself and just saying, oh, well, it looks like a great show. Yeah. Or, or great music, or, yeah, I love rap, whatever. <laughs> I even think back to it of even too much of a good thing is still a little bit too much and could become an idol. Like, yeah. Even with Endgame with me. Like, like we were... Duke did. <laughs> Duke did. Like, for real. Like, we were so obsessed with it, and, like, that week, I legit probably neglected my top... With Jesus and, and uh, you know, exchange for time uh, on Twitter or something looking at in-game stuff. I, yeah. You know, and I think that's what, happ- what happens, and it's just you just have to approach it and check yeah. your heart with what you're doing. And the big one, this is going to probably hit the, hit the guilt cords with us, is, is like sports. Like, okay, yeah. Sports are fantastic. Yeah. And I love it. And I think, like— Which I'm, sports are a huge part of culture. Yeah. Huge. Massive. Yeah. Massive. And, and can be fantastic. Like, you have so many great stories in sports. FCA is awesome. Yes. But still, the message that the FCA has to preach through that, or, or any— which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, for those of you who don't know. But, like, sports— Basketball, football cannot become your number one thing. Mm-hmm. And I've always been impressed with athletes. Like, I think of Nick Foles or whatever. Who's like, yeah. Yeah, Nick we just won great. the Super Bowl, but praise Jesus for who yes. he is. Like, yeah. that, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's always a big testament. But in my own life, like, am I going to watch this 
12-minute recap of a game I've already watched? Yeah. Or am I going to go read my Bible? Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. It comes down to those things, those two good things, like we've been saying. Yeah, um, I think, I guess that's what it comes down to with negative culture, you need to be able to cut it out and discern that away. Cut that. But with things that aren't moralistically wrong... Moralistically. Just, <laughs> like is that, that, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Glasses are actually on this Glasses time. Glasses are on, folks. Um, things that are too good, just not being too... Um, not too, letting it take over. Yeah, not yeah. letting it become an idol in your life. And I think that's the way that you love culture, but you love Jesus most importantly, and you keep your faith first. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about just a little bit, I don't know if there's a lot to really say on it. Um, oh, Cody's dog is in here, and I just moved him up. I didn't want to weigh my chair back down on him. He's the best dog, bad. and if you broke his leg, he wouldn't whimper. Porter. It's really bad. <laughs> Porter is, and this is the second or third episode he's been in. Yeah, he's uh, our he, most featured guest. He is. He's hanging out in here. Can we put feet Porter in this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Jesus and what he did in culture. Okay. Um, is there anything you can think of immediately of Jesus in culture in the New Testament? Of when he was alive. When he was alive, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's obviously going to be in the culture just from being yeah. there, being a part of things. He took, once again, it comes down to, to culture. I don't know what pop culture at the time looked like other than maybe just Rome in general and how yeah. big it was. But he just kind of confronted it, I guess, yeah. and, and was a part of some things. I know you have some notes here. But. Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't afraid to be in it. And I think it's come to come down to a verse that I have in here from John 17 that he was in culture, he was in these things, but he wasn't of it. He didn't let those things define him. And one of the biggest ones I can think of was whenever he was um I just read a book a few months ago called Friend of Sinners by Rich by Rich Wilkerson Jr. He's a pastor out of my in Miami. And just talking about how Jesus went and he was with the people of the world. He was with the people who were very ingrained in culture. And he didn't care what people said about him because he valued relationships most importantly. And if it meant that he went to a house of a sinner, of a tax collector, and he was reclining with them, well, there may have been alcohol served in the room. There may have been things going on. He was there loving on these people and showing that his love is greater than culture can be in this moment. Um, so that's the biggest one I can think of. And then also a few parables. He, he, it shows that he values what people do, that he values culture because of the parables and the illustrations that he uses when he teaches, talking about um, working in the field, talking about boats, talking about, you know, like mm-hmm. talking about these different things that people are doing in that culture of the New Testament. And he valued that and he talked about it in a teaching standpoint and related that back to the kingdom of God. And then I'll, this is my favorite one. I said, uh, what ways did Jesus speak about culture on our notes? I said, reclining with tax collectors, parables, probably saw in game. Oh my gosh, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I Jesus was. In those Roman movie theaters. <laughs> Hanging yeah. out. Um, anything yeah. else you want to speak to on that? No, I mean, you hit it. He was, it comes down to people though, like, he wasn't just looking at culture, looking at what people do, but seeing the people behind it. He saw the heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what it always comes down to with, with Jesus and what it should come down to with us yeah. still is, is seeing people behind it, seeing everything as an opportunity as well. And, yeah. Um, but not putting ourselves in absolute worst case places. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean walking to, <laughs> you know. Walking to a brothel and yeah, be like, and Jesus loves you. 
She's just gonna hang out here for a couple, What's couple hours. We're hanging yeah. out. Um, being once again discerning. Um, yeah. But valuing people, valuing relationships, not becoming legalistic with our life, but valuing people, valuing the love of Jesus <laughs> above all of these things. Yeah. Um, uh, one other thing I want to talk about big. Um, big. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I want to see your perspective on this. Uh, talking about culture and our faith. One big thing that has been in the Christian world and kind of been made uh, public news is preachers and sneakers. Have, have you have you follow, followed them? Uh, you, I've only seen what you've showed me, shown me. Okay, yeah. so it's uh, it's this Instagram account of preachers, uh, the, the celebrity pastors, in air quotes, as you would say, wearing these like thousand dollar shoes and all these different things, um, and people. And the guy who created this account, I listened to a podcast with the guy from Preachers and Sneakers, and he didn't create it to, to like throw flack at these guys because most of these preachers have got these things as gifts from their, their congregation. Mm-hmm. So they're going to wear it, and they're going to be part of the culture in it. But what has happened is it is he wanted to create a conversation, but what's happened is the hatred in Christian communities has come out within this in the Instagram comments. People are like knocking them so hard, and they are being... So the complete opposite of what the gospel is to the way that they're interacting with these guys who are rocking these preachers and sneakers and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think it's interesting. What, what's your what, what's your thought on all this? I'm I'm looking at the Instagram now. I've never. Yeah, you, you haven't actually looked at inst- the Instagram. No, uh uh-uh. uh. Should have done your research, man. I know, I know. Um, I don't know. It, it, this is an interesting thing, and I don't care anything about sneakers. I feel like I go through shoes so fast. <laughs> Like I couldn't, I couldn't wear a pair of three hundred dollars unless they were um, a gift. Truly, then I would almost never wear them. I'm <laughs> but rocking, if I did, I'll wear them on stage. So I'm rocking my sense. ninety-five dollar Air Force Ones right now, yo. Hey. <laughs> um, but they did a podcast with a pastor. His name was Justice Murmy, I think was his name. It was actually really interesting just hearing him listen to it and his perspective. Um, what are you looking at? Sorry, Which one are you looking at? <laughs> T.D. Jakes. Oh, my god! And gosh. then they took a picture of his Dolce & Gabbana, Gabbana shoes. One of the comments says, wasn't Dolce & Gabbana the two witnesses from Revelation? <laughs> Some of these are great, dude. Like, oh, I'm just here for the comments, um, really. <laughs> it is so funny. T.D. Jakes is on here a lot. Yeah, poor Stephen guy. Furtick. Uh, Chad Veach is on here a few times. Um, <laughs> dude, what are these, who is this guy? He's wearing $5,600 Air Yeezys. <laughs> Did you see? This brings up a whole other thing. But they put up the picture from Coachella where um, Kanye oh was selling his merchandise. And all it says, <laughs> like, rat- it says Holy like, Spirit. It says, Holy Spirit, trust God, Sunday service at the mountain. Like, and all these things, $7,225, $165. Oh, what, what, what's the name of the brand? Uh, I have no idea. Is it like church clothes or something? I don't know. I'm looking it's it up. Pretty unoriginal name. Um, fifty dollars for a pair of socks. Yeah, no. It says Jesus walks church socks. Yeah, this is insane. Trust God. <laughs> Holy is, Spirit. Well, I can't read. There's like a pair of sweatpants, and I can't read what it says. I don't Sunday see su- survive. Sunday, Sunday service. service. Yeah, because it's not the Coachella, as you said. Yeah. Anyway, so. that's so interesting. That. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, but it comes back to um, the clothing. Clothing's weird. It, it's a that's a very culture culture thing. Like, yeah, what very much. Wear, so. That's very high up there. And these pastors that are pastors out in L.A. 
out in Seattle, out in these places, if they're given these shoes, these $1,000 shoes that people are wearing in culture, I I mean, it, it helps them look more like the people that they're trying to relate to? I mean, what do you think? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I come at this from my own perspective, of yeah. course. And I just couldn't... I don't know. I don't I think could I never, could do it. I, I could never buy it. a pair of shoes that expensive. I could never buy a pair of shoes that expensive. I agree with that 100%. Unless they made me fly or levitate, like... And even then, I don't think I could spend the money on it. <laughs> Dude, what, it would not be a worthy uh, investment. What are the shoes um, from... Uh, Back to the Future? Heelys. No. Um. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. The automatic lace ones that they that have been made? Yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah. Um, Is there a pastor wearing them? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so that's just another interesting cultural faith conversation that's going on right now. Yeah. And I think what's most important, no matter your stance on these things, approach it with grace. And I'm talking... To myself, and I'm talking to everybody listening because there is so much hatred and so much of a hype culture that if we don't agree necessarily with what's being said theologically, mm-hmm. we just ride this horse and we will we will be so mean and crucify people for their beliefs, which may not actually be big salvation like beliefs, you know? Yeah. We're, we just don't handle these conversations with grace. Yeah. And I think that's what's important. Yeah. The, I always say the best marriage advice ever received um i think it was from greg who was our pastor at the time who um was doing our marriage counseling i think it was him or it was his wife rather who was like no matter what in in conversation or if you get a text or if you see something that's been done at the house or whatever with your wife you assume the best and never Mm. assume the worst yeah and i i would like to think i live by that with everybody. I yeah. probably don't by any means, but I, I try to. Where you see something like this, you see, um, you know, a pastor who has fantastic, awesome, expensive shoes. Yeah. And if your first thought is, why in the world are they wearing those stupid things? Why do they spend so much money on that? That's God's money, not yeah. theirs. Like, yeah. things like that. Then then you might even think about your own attitude towards I, I, things. Checking your heart. With Check this. your heart. Check your heart, man. Yeah. John Christ. <laughs> yeah, but like... Assume the best, work backwards from there. Yeah. <laughs> That's my thought. But I agree. I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think about some of these guys that are on Preachers and Stinkers, and yeah, I don't know how I feel about them wearing $5,000 shoes, whatever. But I think about what they have actually done for the kingdom of God and the amount of people that have come to know Jesus because of their service to the Lord. And I think that's what we need to celebrate. Yes. And I think that's what we need to focus on. Uh, and that's what the conversation needs to come back to. And it, grace, guys, just show grace, like yeah. <laughs> for real. It, if they didn't manage their money well, that's one thing. Yes, like, but still, that doesn't mean that they are beyond redemption yes. or, or whatever. We all are gonna have differing views on so many things. Yeah, it, but it is also like pastors are held to a higher standard. That's all, this is a whole different conversation. But um, when a pastor makes a misstep, it is, you know. Big name pastors like this, it's well publicized, um, and they get a lot, a lot of flack for it, and they just can't afford to make big financial mistakes, you know, big mistakes yeah. in their personal life. Like, yeah. It does not do well for them, and it doesn't spread the name of Jesus very yeah. well. It's Absolutely. always very bad. Yeah, very interesting. Um, any last-minute things you have to say on this topic? Chad Veach is a nut. Dude, I'm looking at one picture of him golfing. Where is it at? I know this picture. 
I follow him on Instagram. So He's I'm got a pair of pants. It's <laughs> Malvin Golf, and it, across, it's all it's white, and across the crotch it says Malvin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing the ugliest golf shoes yeah. I've ever seen in my life. I freaking love Chad Beach. He, I don't know. Mess. He's so funny. He's, he's, mess. he's a great teacher, man. They're doing cool things out in L.A. right now. Yeah. Uh, Zoe is actually an awesome church, which I love that name of a church, man, because it's about it's, it's abundant life. That's the Greek word for abundant life is yeah. Zoe. I'm jealous of that name because I want <laughs> – Dude, he's on here like every other post. He is. It's so funny. <laughs> There's one um, – there's one he comments on, and he says, like, I think he's just kind of defending himself. Like, everything I've been wearing in those, these have been gifts from people. Um, oh, he did comment on one? Yeah, he commented on it. I don't know if Preachers and Seekers shared it or not, but I think it was just one of the top comments. Um, man, Chad Beach is on here a lot. He is. He's on here like every other post, dude. Stephen Furtick's on here a lot, too. Ah, Stephen Furtick. Um, yeah, that... <laughs> I have my own opinions about that guy. Great, great. Yeah, they're doing great stuff. Of elevation, of elevation worship. For sure. All right, so uh, back to our main topic, though. Did we, did we answer the question, why is culture important to our faith? Did we answer that effectively? I, for me, it comes down to culture is important to faith because people are living in culture. And if we want to be people of faith, we're living on commission. We're living on spreading the love of Jesus. So if we want to be able to spread the love of Jesus effectively to people and culture, we have to be aware of the culture. And maybe you don't have to love it, but I think you have to be aware of it. And you have to be able to adapt to it um, and value relationships to it. Hmm. What do you think? Everything you said sounded great. I don't know what you said, but you it sounded great. I was still looking at preachers and sneakers. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you follow them, man. They got 167,000 followers. I know. Real quick, like, yeah, okay, th- sorry. Sorry, I'm back. I promise. <laughs> Spot up overnight. But culture is important to our faith. And it's we were talking about, obviously, like American pop culture. That's what we uh, yes, know. Yes, for sure. Um, I went to Israel on a trip uh, through school. Shout out to University. Um, they didn't pay for it. I definitely did. But <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that would be nice. But when we went to Israel, there was a church, I want to say, in, um, in Nazareth. And I could be wrong here. But anyway, it was a church where they had different portraits of Jesus all around the church, on the walls that, that kind of surrounded yeah. the church in the outer courtyard. And you have the, um, like... American version, yeah. let's say, of Jesus. The, the picture we've seen a thousand times alike. Yeah. Awesome. The Americanized, long hair, white Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But then it goes around the world and it shows everybody's different perspective. And every single portrait was distinctly different. So interesting. Of what they, it was just like paint portrait of Jesus. Yeah. And that's what they did. But it reflected their culture, which I think is unique. You can look at it in a negative light. Like, Jesus is who he was objectively. Like, yeah. you need to just suck it up and say your culture, your thought is wrong. But then it's also that... What Paul said, like, be all things to all people, that's yeah. who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't just speak Greek or Dude, that's you interesting. Know, Aramaic. And, that, like, and those posts, those pictures reveal, like, yeah. Jesus is all things to all people. So yeah. culture is important to our faith, and <coughs> they can feed off each other and all those <clears throat> things, but it, it does come down to where's your heart at? Yeah. And you're in the world, you're not of the world. Yeah. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> that John 17 verse. Yeah. Um, I, I posted on my Instagram today. Uh, I said, how does your faith in Jesus influence the way you view culture? And it's funny because I've only got three responses so far. If I'd have posted, That's compared like, to something other. If I'd have yeah. posted, like, what's your favorite movie? I got like 100 immediately. Mm-hmm. But people are, like, a little bit more scared. Uh, and most of these are actually students. 
Uh, wow. I just want to read them. We don't have to talk about them, really. But mm-hmm. um, one is I sometimes tend to have a small-minded view of the world and how Christians are viewed. Another one is I tend to have a positive view of culture and people uh, which can re- uh, result positively or negatively. And then I like this one. Uh, less pro-America, more pro- more pro-kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's definitely been a big move I like that one. in our generation. Yeah, folks, and uh, kingdom of heaven first, Jesus first, view culture through the lens of Jesus. Orlando Bloom, kingdom of heaven, really. Is that a movie? Dude, that's a fantastic movie. I haven't seen it. Director's cut, though. <laughs> Back to our, our culture shock talks. <laughs> We're done with Jesus for now. So. Um, yeah, that, that was a fun conversation. That's, I mean, I think it's something that's always to be a big one, yeah. To deep dive. Uh, I hope we have a few more of these in the future. Um, it's fun to kind of just like go deep into, you know, the meaning behind all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And if you have any thoughts on this, you can always send us an email at pod at gmail.com. Yes. pod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Pod culture shock, I think. You don't even know. <laughs> it's, it is pod culture shock. Twitter.com slash pod culture shock. Oh, my shock. gosh. Uh, <laughs> Cody, so what's in the news? <laughs> I don't know. What's in the news? You tell me. No, in the news this week. Oh, I gotta get where I'm at. Um, in the news, big thing. Galaxy's Edge opened. Mm. Did it open open at Disneyland, or was this a soft opening for the media? I think it opened opened. Opened up. Keep talking. I'll look for sure. Anyway, so Galaxy Edge, Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland, which is the California version. It has not opened in Orlando yet. Um, initial, you know, thoughts, reviews, a lot of videos coming out of it, and it looks so fantastic. Uh, it's so awesome. Opens tomorrow officially. Opens tomorrow officially, so yeah. they let some of the media in to check it out to ride the Millennium Falcon, um, and then, but it's more about the atmosphere kind of thing, it's, not just a ride. They wanted to create an immersive world. Yeah. They wanted the world itself to be an attraction. And let's be honest, they could have had a booth where you just make your own lightsaber for $200, and it would have been popular. <laughs> Which, in reality, brace yourselves for $200 lightsabers. <laughs> but then you could build a droid that works for 100 What's the deal yeah. with that? Okay, what would you name your droid? I don't know. I hadn't thought about this. Uh, if, I, if I could do something with my name, like C1H4. Ooh, you know? that's good. Yeah. Uh, HK47. <laughs> you would name it HK47? i HK47. That's already taken. Yeah, I'll so. take it. <laughs> um, man, Star Wars, it opens in August in the Disney World, which yep. is in uh, Orlando, Florida, um, which is more of our neck of the woods. Yeah, we're not flying to California. We're not going to California. But, man, I kind of want to. This is looking so good. good. The so name good. of the world is Batu. Batu. Am I right? Um, which is going to be featured in the future installments of Star Wars. It actually is one of the main places that Thrawn Alliances takes place on. Oh, sorry, Kristen Bell. She is on an ad on my computer and just started talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Anna? <laughs> um, anything else from Galaxy's Edge that just Dude, It just looks so awesome. They were, I read the New York Times article on it. Um, and it was a dad who works for the New York Times, okay. New York Times, and just talked about how he was skeptical going in. Yeah. But it was the fact that at the end of the day, he had made all these memories with his son. It was all related to Star Wars, and they got to fly the Falcon. And um, yeah. So apparently, what he said was that when you fly the Falcon, um, you know, you have a gunner, you have like a navigator, I want to say. Okay. And then you have the actual pilots. And they're all so important to every piece of the step. And I think you're going fast enough where you have to have the navigator to plot your course. And then the pilots have to actually execute that. And while the gunners are keeping people off your tail. So he said that they mess it up a couple times where they were like fly through stars and then fly into planets and like crash and all this. (laughs) It sounded so awesome. 
Um, I wish we were videoing this one because my face yeah. right now is like jaws on the shot. floor. He doesn't just like you sit in like a simulator. Yeah, like at Harry Potter world where you like fly through the castle and you're just oh this is pretty. Like it is you're actually doing stuff and the seats vibrate and you move oh and then the noises gosh. and like stuff falls down. I think like I saw a video where they're walking through. The Falcon in like the main cock not cockpit, but the main area where they have the chessboard and stuff. Yeah. And like all of a sudden the alarms start going off and like yeah. uh, steam comes out and then stuff starts rattling. Like as you're in the queue to get into the ride, this is happening. So it's so immersive and apparently it's massive. Oh, I'm too excited about it. Probably won't even get to go though For until next year at least. I know. I I can't wait to take Judah. I mean he's thirteen months old now, so it'll be a while. But dude, me and him in the cockpit of the Falcon one day. Is, that's like literal dreams. That's gold, man. <laughs> that's going to be so much fun, and I cannot wait. Yeah, um, that's going to be good. Did you see what some of the drinks they're serving are? I saw a few out in the Green and blue milk. <laughs> the infamous blue milk. Yeah, um, Tatooine. Yeah. Is, remind me, from Last Jedi, whenever Luke is milking that weird creature, is that green milk? I don't know. It probably is because it's so disgusting. Cody tries to, to take away everything the last Jedi from his mind. That was disgusting, and it was there just to make you feel disgusting. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't a story point at all. Ryan Johnson, terrible. bless him, man. Um, and then uh, also in the news, which uh, I don't even know who I want to talk about. The new Call of Duty Modern Warfare trailer drops. Why don't you want to talk about it? What do you have against Call of Duty, man? Everything, man. Like they, they just. <laughs> do you like Call of Duty? No, I, I don't, but not for the gameplay reasons. I, well, I, every time I play it, no matter what, I, it started with Call of Duty World War II. I would try and play it, and I got a massive migraine every single time I played it. Something about the really? way that they render motion in Call of Duty makes me <sighs> sick as a dog. Okay. Um, so I've tried to play it since then. Like, Mason, remember, used to play zombies all the time? Yeah. And, like, I would still get sick. I don't know about now, but... That's interesting. I played Call of Duty 2 on the Xbox 360. I loved it, but I, don't, I haven't really gotten into one since. See, why are you hating on it? You liked it. I don't know. It got so weird with it, like, Advanced Warfare. Infinite they ran out of wars. They did. They're going back to Modern Warfare. That's, oh, really? That's the name of it. Which Modern was, Warfare was, like, the most popular one. Modern Warfare 2 was the one that, like... Put them on the map. That people loved multiplayer-wise. I'd still rather play Halo. Yeah. Halo Halo Dude, once Halo Infinite comes out, we're going to be covered. That's this December, right? I don't... They haven't given a date. Um, we need to keep an eye out. What well, E3 is E3 is soon. We're going to have an E3 coverage in just a few weeks. Um, I'm going to be out of town that week for E3, and I think Cody's going to have uh, somebody in. Yeah, we may have some guests. guests on. If not Cody, he may do a, a standalone, just him. I think we'll have some guests. We'll have somebody on talking about guess. E3. Um, Two guests. E3 is one of my favorite times of year. Yeah. I really do love it, and I'm going to be out of town. Just tell him you can't go. I can't go anymore, guys. i got to watch E3 coverage. Tell him, tell him you can't go. All right, I can't. So, yeah, next – is it next week? What? No, it is the next E3 one. E3 is like the 10th through the 13th, I think. It's actually the 8th through the 11th. Oh, really? So I'll get to catch two days of it. Or wait, is this an old article? Oh, don't know. No, 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 no. This is correct. So anyway, um, I think uh, Sunday, June 9th, Microsoft has that. Well, I'm looking at th- Tuesday, June 11th through Thursday, June 13th. All right, look, I'm not perfect, so I remember think, that. Dang it, Cody. I don't know. I think it's that. Regardless, you're going to be gone that week. We're going to be doing a podcast about some of the game releases. If you don't care anything about games... Please listen anyway. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll talk about some other stuff, but that is going to be some big news that week and excited for Halo. We should probably play all of them through before. We should. You going to come um, over to not play Halo? I'm sorry. I can't have volleyball. Oh, dang it. Also, Sam is going to be mad when he listens to this because we haven't finished. We played almost all of them through uh, last year, 
We started with Halo, played all that. Played Halo 2 all the way through for the first time. I've never done Halo 2 all the way through. I don't know if I have it either. And um, made it all the way to Halo 5, and we just haven't finished Halo 5. Really? We have like two levels left, I think. You just haven't done it. We just haven't done it. So interesting. Yeah. That'd be a fun playthrough before it comes out. Yeah, it would. What you think about doing it? Yeah. Um, So, before we go today, Cody. No, let me ask you. Before we go today, Cody, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've got to think of my answer. I haven't had much time to be binging anything. Okay. But Tyler, yes. what are you binging this week? Uh, so, as I said, last week was Memorial Day. Memorial Day. So we Shout got out a to some... all of our veterans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there. So we went to the lake. I didn't get a lot of rest because we have a baby. <laughs> but whenever he was napping and we had other people holding him, I got to read some. I got about 150 pages read and educated. Hey, that's good. Really interesting read, man. It's getting good. My only knock on it is it's a memoir. So it's it's not my fault. Or it's not their fault. It's my fault of the way I like to read stories. I'd rather read something that's a little bit more narrative driven, where it's like each chapter is keeping you on the edge of your seat You're to what's next. Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this one's getting a little bit more narrative driven. Chapters are connecting, um, but the first part is just very you know story here in chapter one. Here's another story a year later. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I just we ordered the river yesterday, so I'll be reading that one soon. Um, Finish through. Another season of Survivor, season eight, with Boston Rob and Amber, <laughs> where they meet. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, some music, uh, Wilder Woods, uh, Bear Reinhardt from Need to Breathe doing some single stuff. Uh, pretty, pretty great stuff. Check them out. And then something I want to talk about for just a second. We're, we're running a little bit over today. Uh, oh, gosh. Totally fine. I got a vet appointment I got to get to. Let's go. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm listening to Into Thin Air. Which is a book from 1997 about um, a summit to Mount Everest. And there's a picture that was posted in the news um, this past week. I think I was on Washington hey, Post. Uh, this is on the Denver Post. Denver it, Post? Um, I have the link in the um, yeah. article. I don't know if you're looking look at it. Real quick. it. But there, is, there was a line of, I would say, almost 100 people or more. Waiting to summit Mount Everest. Dude, that's at least 200 people. It's unreal. And it's just death, death tolls are going up. They're letting too many people on the mountain. Now, I think climbing season's over. Did you did you read that somewhere? I read that they it isn't over technically, but they shut it down after all these deaths. Because um, so many deaths, so many people are yeah, climbing that aren't ridiculous. equipped to climb. So I'm, I'm listening to this book, and it's narrated by the world's most boring reader in the world. Just, you know, whatever. Hit or mess with audiobooks. Um, but it's, it's really cool. Like, I don't know. It's a really cool read. It's, it's something cool to listen to. I went on a road trip back in 2012, 2013 with some friends going up, up to Maine. And while we were going, we listened to AWOL on the Appalachian Trail. And it was just a story of a guy hiking the trail and his encounters on it. And this is that same kind of thing. And I'm really enjoying listening to that. I'm about an hour in, so i got eight hours left. But it's a really good read. Uh Good listen. So uh, I recommend it from what I've heard so far. Uh, so, Cody. I forgot I was supposed to get ready. I know. My bad. Cody. Um, I'm so ready. Yeah. What are you binging? Well, Tyler, I will answer that question. I'm thinking of Michael Scott I, right now in the office where he's like, sometimes I start a sentence. I just don't know where I'm <laughs> I going. I just don't know where I'm going. He's talking to David Wallace. He just keeps going. <laughs> Let me tell you. Sometimes... <laughs> No, every time, <laughs> any time in my life. So what are you binging? <laughs> well, Tyler, let me tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Um, no, sometimes. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I don't know. I've been kind of out of my groove with with reading. Um, 
recently. I, uh, let's see, I've read a little bit more of The Expanse. I went back, read a little bit more of Game of Thrones. I've watched some of The Expanse show, and then I wanted to read Band of Brothers, and then I watched part of Band of Brothers. So I've been all the way across a lot of different shows, things yeah. like that. Um, I will say this. I've been watching Atlanta, a lot of Atlanta United games. Okay. Um, you're, you're rocking the Atlanta United I'm rocking United my Atlanta United right shirt. Um, yeah, definitely a big fan. Sam, shout out also. Uh, but then on top of that, more importantly, um, Tottenham Hotspur play on Saturday, 3 o'clock Eastern, I think 2 o'clock. Is that the Champions League final? Champions League Where are you final. watching it? I guess I'm going to watch it at my house. I have to tell Sarah, like, hey, I, I need two hours. I want to come watch it. You should come over. Okay. Because uh, it could be really, really bad or really close and we lose. That's the only options I have okay. in my mind. <laughs> like, I want to come watch it. It's either we're going to get whooped 5-1 or we're going to go 1-1, go into penalties, and lose by one penalty. Oh. Like, we're not winning this game. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, it's Tottenham and Liverpool. So, But I haven't been doing a lot of soccer. Um, NBA Finals start tonight. Oh, dang it. Um, so it's I couldn't get any further away from that. It's Golden State and uh, Toronto. Toronto. Um, shout out to Toronto making it to the finals. Yesterday we were at Firehouse and I saw it on the TV. I said, Elizabeth, do you know where the Raptors are? She said, uh, <laughs> Chicago. I said, no. Nope. She, oh, she said, oh, yeah, it's the Bulls. I said, all right, it's in Canada. She said, uh, Vancouver. I said, no. Nope. I said, just the city in Canada. She couldn't think of it. <laughs> so I finally told her. We're Americans. We don't, don't care about that place. We don't care about them. No, Toronto, dude. I, I saw some videos of them like celebrating. Yeah. Uh, when they just made it past the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I mean, there were streets, multiple streets of just packed with people, because, shut down, celebrating because they had won the Eastern Conference Finals. This is their first time in the Finals. First time in the Finals. They're saying Kawhi Leonard is the best Raptor of all time. They said that over before the Vince, season is you, even over. Not Vince Young, Vince, Vince Carter. Carter. Wow. I mean, like, he hasn't even been there a full season. Yeah. And they're saying he's the best ever. He's had a fantastic season there. Yeah. So anyway, I'm excited. I do watch a lot of sports. Excited about that. Reading my normal books. Nothing big. Although I am looking for a um, a good kind of Christian book. Okay. Anybody has recommendations? Okay. Uh, I got a new plan about how I read books now. I'm gonna okay. read one fiction book. I'm gonna read one nonfiction book, and I'm gonna read one Christian book at good. a time. Okay. That'll bring my total book reading down to like. Three or six. Yeah. Maybe two of each. Gosh. Um, that's awesome. me. Yeah. I think that's all the time we have for you this week on the Culture Shock Podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.